Alright, back here on OMF, the Bruins and the Islanders in round two big as match, we get through match. the division. What'd you say? I said big match, big match. Big match starting yeah. tomorrow night yeah. over at the uh, TD Garden. Wide open garden, fans and everything. Full? Well, Capa- not full we'll capacity. See. What are they saying? 75%? We'll I don't know. It'll be more than what it's been. It's full nice. capacity. No, no, it's full, it's but not, not quite be, full. Not quite full. Nobody's doing so full not capacity. Not full. No, it'll no, be a good crowd. They're going to have protection, I think, around the the, uh, it'll be good the benches and stuff like that. Uh, AJ Malesko, you probably remember her from uh, NBC Sports Boston during some of the uh, post game with the uh, Bruins. Uh, on MSG Networks, joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. AJ, how are you? I'm good, guys. How you doing? Terrific. Thank you. Good, AJ. Um, see if you can decipher what we're looking at with the Bruins <laughs> and the Islanders here, in that the Islanders seem to be able to control the Bruins for the first five games. And in the last three games, the Bruins seem to have found the touch. We spent the first five games talking about the influence of Barry Trotz and their defensive uh, structure. What changed? Um, uh, the Bruins changed, I think. Uh, the Bruins got a lot better, and the Bruins uh, came on a lot stronger in the second half of the season. Obviously, they went on that tear since the deadline, uh, Taylor Hall being such a good fit that was a big question mark. And I know there are a lot of Islanders fans that wanted Lou Lamorello to sign him down on Long um, you know, I think that was the biggest change. The Islanders went through a bit of a dip at the end of the season as well. Um, but, I, you know, to me, they lost Anders Lee, their captain, late March to a torn ACL done for the season. That was a huge hole for them to try to fill. They brought in uh, Paul Marion Zajac at the deadline to try to alleviate that. But the biggest place they, they miss Anders Lee is on the power play. He's got that huge, huge body, net front presence, but he's got a great touch. So they've really struggled on the power play in that sense. Um, but I think that they've sort of figured it out. They've, they've shuffled the lines a ton. And so I talk about that little dip, and that was when they played the Bruins at the end of the season. Um, and, you know, they, they had a good, really good series against Pittsburgh. Uh, they had <laughs> game five, I think, did not play very well, but somehow came away with an overtime win, which was crazy to watch. Um, but it's, it's going to be a good matchup, A, just because it's the playoffs and it's an Islanders-Bruins matchup. Um, they're, they're similar in a lot of ways, and I think they're different in a lot of ways. You look at the Bruins with that perfection line, and then you add the, the Hall, as I mentioned, with Craig. Such a good one-two punch. Um, de- you know, depends on, on Tuca and how he shows up. I think that the goaltender that the Islanders, Barry Trotz, has been playing for the four wins with Ilya Sorokin, a rookie, but he was light out against the Penguins. Um, so he could be an X factor for the Islanders uh, for sure. But I mean, you guys know the Islanders play that sort of clogged in neutral zone defense. You just mentioned it, defensive structure, style of play. And everyone says it's super boring, but under Barry Trotz, it seems to get them wins. So Islanders fans don't really care if it's boring. If, if you're in the W column, well, AJ, I think that was one thing we just watched going through that Washington series where it was like the clear advantage really was goaltending, right? Like Tuca's in there, and they don't know, you know, Laviolette doesn't know who's going to be in there. He went to Anderson, I mean, three different goaltenders, but this situation seems a little bit different. You mentioned Varlamov, he was outstanding like all year, really, and now all of a sudden they're going with the kid Sorokin. So, what can you tell us more about him? Is it concerned about the young kid in a big stage like this? I mean, I, you know, I live in Boston. Strange for me, I'm like, I'm, I'm flirting on the enemy line. Um, it's, it's, Barlamov is 
so good, and he was so good through the bubble hockey last year. And he, it was his that absolutely was going to be Trotz's guy. Uh, he was he was fighting something in that first game against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Didn't dress just because of a nagging something going on, lower body injury. Um, and then he played and didn't he let in a softy, and then came back had a pretty good second half of that game too. Didn't have a, you know, he let in five goals in that next game. And then when he, when Trotz went back to Sorokin, um, he was great. And he's, the big question mark, I mean, you know, he's a rookie, but he's played a bunch of years in the KHL. So he's not a true rookie in that sense. I mean, you can look at Kaprizov out in Minnesota. It's sort of the same thing, right? He's 25. He's been around, but he's so calm under pressure. That's what's crazy. Playing in Pittsburgh, enemy territory, or in the Coliseum the other night that was rocking, right? 9,000 very loud Long Islanders. And he didn't seem phased by anything. So that's one of the things that impresses me. And one of the question marks is coming from the bigger ice surface, how we do with angles, traffic in front of him, and he's adjusted tremendously well. All right, so we're talking to A.J. Malesko. I mean, your your resume is pretty impressive there, A.J. NBC Sports <laughs> and MSG Networks, gold and silver medalist with Team USA, and you played at Harvard. Wait, let me ask you this real quick. I'm going to jump in. You still do a uh, podcast with Cami Granado? I sure do. I definitely well, do, yeah. You listen? No, well, I don't listen. I, just, I graduated. I don't <laughs> yes. listen, AJ. I'm sorry, but I graduated with Cami at Providence, so she's the greatest thing he, I've ever seen. He now. will listen. She's outstanding. Now, yeah. So t- uh, tell Cami, uh, yeah. she's yeah, she's awesome. I definitely will. I definitely will. But yeah, pressure's on. Now you can't ask me that question and then tell me you don't listen to our podcast. Now I gotta listen. <laughs> lie, Lou. Now I gotta listen. I'm going to lie. I'm not gonna lie. She wasn't gonna ask you a question. All right, it's about you, AJ. Let's keep it about you. Um, so okay, so so the Penguins' uh, regular season record against the Islanders was six and two and then the penguins end up losing in the playoffs and for the islanders i mean their regular season record was five and three against the bruins so i'm trying to uh, trying to see is, is can we make anything out of regular season records when it comes to this matchup between the the bruins and the islanders well, you know, it's funny. You started the conversation by talking about how well the Islanders had done against the Bruins at the beginning and then how the Bruins had sort of had their way back in April to the tail end of the season. It, even though it was only a 56-game season, it, it's similar to any other regular season where you can go back and say, okay, re- regular season we did X, and you're talking about November. I mean, what happened in February? That seems like it eons ago, to me at least, And based on personnel changes, injuries, COVID protocols, people in and out of the lineup, right? I mean, it was a shorter season, but maybe a little intense. So I don't I, personally, I don't think the regular season record says much. Uh, I mean, even those games, if I remember correctly, the very first game between these two teams in February, or maybe January, it was a one nothing game, Pajot goal late in the game. So, you know, it, it, they're even games, even though it's a, maybe a win or a loss. Um, so it, to me, that doesn't say anything. I do think the way the Bruins are playing right now, uh, they are, they should, should be the favorite team. I mean, they just are playing, they're very deep. They're playing really well. And that's as a coach, I mean, that's what Cassie, that's what these coaches want to do, right? Get your team to peak at the right time. You don't want to peak in February or March. You want to peak, well, in a, in a weird COVID season, you want to peak right now, May or June. And it does look like that's what the Bruins are doing. My one question mark is this long layoff. I just don't. I never think that's good for these teams to take this. They're put off the gas pedal for a long, longer amount of time than their opponents. Yeah, AJ, I was just looking at it because to me, I think uh, the real team, the the real Bruins team, is that team. The last three games of the regular season, when they outscored the Islanders ten to three, leading up to the playoffs, like in games that mattered. So I feel like if we're going right. to look at anything, that's the kind of situation that I would look like, and what type of competition you would get. Yeah, and I agree with you, and I think that that's, as you get close, that was more recent, right? And that's yeah. when you have your full complement of, of the, you know, you were talking about the trade deadline, Taylor Hall, what an yep. acquisition he was, and, and how about him 
um, sort of igniting David Krejci, right? I mean, you find finally the Bruins find somebody to play there that that sort of I don't know gets them going. The two of them have been really good together. Uh, you know, I think the pasta in and out question mark, but if you get that perfection line going, and that you know, it, it, to me, it, it's a um, they have a really good recipe, and they have they're starting they were starting to get that sort of depth scoring in the secondary looks. Um, so, so that is, they have the strength, they have the upper hand. Uh, and again, I think that for the, for the Islanders to have to claw, claw through a series of the Penguins with the, I don't think the Penguins played very well in their clinching game um, the other night at, at all. And I thought Tristan, you, you mentioned the Washington Boston series came down to goaltending. So did the Islanders and Penguins. I mean, Tristan Jari did not have a good series and they really exposed his glove hand over and over and over again. So that was the big difference to me, Sorokin uh, versus Jari, and Sorokin won that battle. AJ, you were talking about the uh, crowd at Nassau Coliseum and watching that game. I agree with you. There were 9,000, and you would have thought there were 29,000. I don't necessarily <laughs> think that crowds make a big difference in Stanley Cup playoffs because if the goaltending is great, the crowd is pretty quiet. There, this is the last year out there on the island at Nassau Coliseum. Do you believe that it could be a factor here and that there's been silence all year long and suddenly it seemed to be a factor the other night? Well, I, I, that's why I think it's a factor. It's because they played in these empty buildings and we've gotten used to it, right? In last summer, August, September, we were all so thankful that the league and the PA figured out a way that this, for, to have playoff hockey and to get this bubble hockey going. So it, it, nobody, I mean, I know people complained, but for the most part, people just were happy to see hockey. And then we got used to it and we played the regular season. And then in March or whenever it was, people started allowing uh, some fans. Now suddenly you're allowing, I mean, I, I heard you guys talking before I came on that, some are get, you know getting upwards of ten, twelve, fourteen thousand. I mean, give me a break. I, I called the the Carolina Nashville series. They were saying what twelve thousand fans. There were not seven thousand empty seats. Those were full <laughs> buildings, and it was. But it was electric. It was amazing. And being at the Coliseum, it was loud. So I do think that because we're, the players aren't used to it, it can make a difference. Now I will say, from my experience playing up in Canada in full buildings back when I played, I also loved silencing the crowd, so it can work both ways. So, AJ, you know, obviously coming off of a series with Washington, Tom Wilson, as well as emotion. That's why I loved the way they did the season this year. kind of almost brought some hatred into it. So, I don't know, you tell me in this series. Obviously, Brad Masha and the Islanders fans are going to get to know him very well. And I'm sure they already do. But was it Komarov and, and Masha, I think they've gotten into it before, just under the skin, right? Stuff in Toronto. But will there be that hate? Is it going to be that type of series? Uh, I do. I think it will be because I think that they have, you know, they the Komarov has that ability, and he's playing right now on the top line with Barzell and Eberle. Um, so his job is to sort of go out and and you know his his job isn't necessarily to get under their skin, but he's capable of doing it. But then you've got that fourth line, Matt Martin, Cal Clutterbuck. Mm-hmm. They love to mix it up, get out there. They they usually start the games and they establish a forecheck. Clutter usually leads the team in hits. So it's you know they have that physicality. Um, do, yeah, do, will will there be antics uh, to the level that we're used we're used to seeing Brad Marchand? I, I don't know. I hope so. I mean, maybe not. No licking would be great, but um, if you know, I think that it's it's it is fun to get that emotion and that heat and that hatred because it's a playoff game and it, it, if it's organic and if it's something that just bubbles up because it's a physical series. Now, again, I mentioned earlier the loss of Anders Lee. He's big and strong, and he can he would 
hit a lot of people. And you guys all know Johnny Boychuk really well, having won mm-hmm. a cup uh, in 2011 with Boston. But he was a heart and soul player for the Islanders and ended his career prematurely last year with an eye injury. So, you know, there are players like that that they're missing that give that sort of grit to the Islanders side. But they have other people that are that are filling in. Uh, so coaching matchup, I mean, Barry Trotz is pretty damn good. You, you know, how important, who do you think has the edge in that regard? Ooh, that's a tough question. I think that's going to be a wash. They are both really good coaches. And I'll tell you from a media perspective, they are both so good with us media in their zooms and the way that they, the way that they refer to their players, call them out, but in a way that's not, uh, it's not obnoxious. It's not in calling them to the mat. It's just sort of holding players accountable in a very, professional way um and they're both really good with their words so that is from my perspective but in terms of the way they motivate their team clearly they both have a structure a system and a a relationship with their players and these guys want to go to battle for them so i I can't answer that that's a tough one i'm gonna say it's a wash well how about this one okay i'll give you i'll give you an easy one True or false question. Okay, oh this is easy. You put her in the spot. True or false. Yeah. Well, I mean, she went to Harvard. Yeah, I mean, I know, she should, I this should be easy. Okay? Uh, I took all my exams true or false at Harvard. Okay. Okay. True oh, or false. smart kids. <laughs> true. All right, true or false. There's nothing like playoff hockey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, that is an easy one. Okay, so you really don't give me a lot of credit. I'm going to go with true. Yes, good answer. Well, I'm going to say, gotta, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say you're lying. Oh, wow. Right. Whoa. You you are you played for Team USA. You have a gold medal and a silver medal. Like, Ooh, Olympic I, hockey. I mean, come on, AJ. Like, this well, is so. So maybe maybe I consider Olympic hockey. That's that's our playoffs. Right? Ah, all right. That's you a good didn't answer. say NHL playoffs. That's true. That's true. That's a good answer. You got me. See, of course, you're a Harvard student trying to <laughs> tr- trick me up a little bit. You got to be more specific if you're giving. <laughs> I any, know it's uh, true. True, false. I knew I should. Right, AJ, no I'm, I'm looking at all these predictions in front of me. All of these experts who claim they know everything about hockey. Uh, most of them are picking the Bruins, and they're picking it in a pretty quick series, five, maybe six games. I think I would say five the other way after the first five regular season games. But after the trading deadline, Bruins seem to have scored. The Islanders seem to have uh, messed up. How do you see it? Who do you pick? Um, ooh, I, you know, I, uh, I don't know. This is airing just in Boston, right? Yeah, yes. yeah people yes. at home are listening. Yes. So, yes, yes, people yes. at home are listening. Uh, yeah, I, just, I, I actually I think Boston's going to take it. I do think the Islanders will put up a good fight, and I think there may be some overtimes, and I think Sorokin's going to steal a couple games. Um, so I think it's going to be Boston in six. Nice. Yeah, the scary thing about Sorokin, and we were talking an awful lot about this with the possibility of maybe at the end of the season that Swayman would earn the job here in the in the postseason if Tuca wasn't healthy. We've seen it so often where rookie goaltenders go on little runs at the end of the regular season, and then they are killers when it comes to the playoffs. Too much in NHL history we have seen that. Frightening. Yeah, you know, and I think that it's sort of interesting when you look at it because some of it is like they almost don't know any better. They come in and they sort of they catch lightning in a bottle, and they're not they're not. Uh, I mean, look at Bennington, right? When he just went yeah. on that run um, two years ago. So I think that sometimes they're just not wowed by the moment. They go in there, they play hockey, and they're having a good time, and they don't they can't even stop to take a breath to think, whoa. Mm. This is, this is sort of scary. Yeah, AJ, we remember that Bennington run. Yeah, Thanks. we remember it well. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. That's I was at okay. Game 7. I That's was okay. watching. Yeah, so. That's okay. AJ Malesko from hey, MSG Networks. Thanks. Uh, it was great talking hockey with you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. See you later. So she's got it. The Bruins, too. See?
Everybody's got the, the Bruins. Bruins. Yeah. It's the Bruins. I would it's say. Just, it, it's, yeah. It's, I, I'm, I'll give some respect. I'll go six. You know, I had somebody talk about the, like the Islanders, and it's just like it's like the system of the Islanders, right? If they're deep, but they lack like that great first line or that great first pair. They're good, but it's not the perfection line, you know? So it's just, it's like they're just a solid team. They beat you up. That fourth line could beat you up. I think the second line for the Islanders put up eight goals in five on five in that series against Pittsburgh. So, I mean, they're deep, but they're just, you figure that system out. I think they have too much firepower. I think Tuka Rask is too good. I just think the Bruins win this thing. I'll go six yeah, I'm out with of you. respect. I, I'm going to go a six as well, and I agree with her because you get a hot rookie goaltender, watch out. He might win a couple. But I think the, the system goes back to when Trotz was with Washington and the Bruins had trouble against them. But Holtby might have been the goaltender down there at the time. He might have been a big factor in, in all of that. So we're going to hear a lot about here you go, Christian. Oh. The system. The mm, very here we go. system. The calculus. Yeah, zone trap. All that other stuff. Alright, 617-779-7937 coming up at 4.30 today. Uh, the pandemic is over. It is over. We are declaring it over. We'll give you some great moments from the past. Uh, no, they're not great moments. They're awful, they're awful moments. moments. Awful moments from the last year.